People all over the world are rediscovering many of the realities of the long chain of events that precipitated the unanimous declaration of some of the bravest, honorable men who ever lived. This is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. When those 56 very somber leaders of the American colonists gathered together in Philadelphia to sign the document they'd crafted... The extreme hardship of revolution that they faced could only have been sustained because of the deep conviction and confidence that they had in their creator, whom they often referred to as Providence. Over the course of their relatively young lives, their experience of dependency on their creator reflected the profound knowledge that they had of the Bible and the principles of the God who is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. They intimately relied on the sovereign of the universe who works all things according to the counsel of his own will and who works all things together for good to those who are called, who love God, and are called according to his purpose. As we review the preamble of that declaration, perhaps we can refresh our own need to make a renewed declaration of commitment to God's purposes in the unfolding story of God's development of this generation's determination, determination to be a people, indeed a family and community whose God is the Lord. That unanimous declaration starts out with one of the most familiar statements ever written. In fact, the only lengthy written statement that I ever remember memorizing when I was in the eighth grade in 1959. It says, When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. It goes on. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, It is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same objective evinces a design to reduce them under an absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security." Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. 
And then, of course, began the long list of grievances that the colonists had against the King of England. What most people today fail to realize is that prior to that declaration, every single one of the nation-states of the world were governed by whole societies of people who had been programmed for generations that kings and czars, pharaohs and dictators were somehow entitled to alone dictate their ultimate condition and manner of living. The idea of a civil government established on the principles of the Bible and ruled by the consensus of the people who are governed with their safety and consideration as the prime factors of the governing system was completely unheard of. Just months before signing the Declaration, Patrick Henry, a founder who served as the first and sixth post-colonial governor of Virginia, addressed the Virginia Convention and declared, We are not weak if we make a proper use of those means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. Three millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battle alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. Also noteworthy are the thoughts of the man whose signature is probably the most famous in the world. John Hancock, the presiding officer over the Second Continental Congress, became the first representative to sign the Declaration on July 4, 1776. His sizable signature started the modern-day idea of leaving a, quote, John Hancock on one's paperwork. As America's wealthiest businessman in Boston, he was one of the most ardent patriots to put his life on the line with that signature. If the Revolutionary War was lost or he was caught... Hancock would have been hanged by the British. Yet Hancock said, Principally and first of all, I give and recommend my soul into the hands of God that gave it, and my body I recommend to the earth. Nothing doubting, but at the general resurrection I shall receive the same again by the mercy and power of God. All 56 patriots who signed the Declaration took their duties so seriously to the people of the new nation that they had promised to make. With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They signed the Declaration of Independence knowing that the penalty would be death if they were captured, and that pledge could literally cost them their lives and their fortunes. As a result, 17 men did lose property due to British raids, and 12 had homes that were destroyed. Five lost their fortunes in helping fund the Continental Army and state militias battle the Redcoats. Five were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. One had two sons imprisoned on a British starving ship. One had a son killed in battle. One had his wife die from harsh prison treatment. And nine signers died in the Revolutionary War. The following is from Pastor Dutch Sheets's Give Him Fifteen post for July 4th. 2022, what it means to be an American. The 1776 project established by President Donald Trump declares plainly, America's founding principles are true not because any generation, including our own, has lived them perfectly, but because they are based upon the eternal truths of the human condition. 
They're rooted in our capacity for evil and power for good, our longing for truth and striving for justice, our need for order and our love for freedom. Above all else, these principles recognize the worth, equality, potential, dignity, and glory of each and every man, woman, and child created in the image of God. If anyone is going to understand the brilliance that enabled our founding fathers to galvanize the system they created for us, we have to discover how these documents relied on the timeless biblical ideas of man and government. Those ideals fostered a sacred sense of liberty and accountability that you'd be hard-pressed to find in any other place on earth. In fact, historians tell us that among the nations of the world, the average written national constitution lasts about 17 years. While the founding documents of other nations prove to be so temporary, Americans should appreciate the durability of our own founding documents. With just a little research, anyone can easily discover that the reason America's guiding principles have endured so long is because our documents are based on one other, even longer-enduring document, the Bible. The question of whether or not future generations will continue to be guided by our founding documents will be completely decided by whether or not the lawful participants who are called we the people will humble themselves and return to the God of the Bible and the principles of stewardship that our founders risked their lives to protect. If you'll take a close look at our nation's founding documents, you'll notice that the Bible's ideas founded in the Declaration of Independence are stated clearly in four major points. First, all men are created equal. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Second, man, being created in the divine image, the imago Dei, has unique indisputable value and identity that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Third, man is superior to the institutions of the state, the government which means the controller of the mind, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. And fourth, the institution of the state, government, exists for man, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, and another one, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government. The Declaration also directly refers to God four times. The phrase, the laws of nature and of nature's God, is the very first, and in fact it's the reference written by Thomas Jefferson in his original draft. The committee of founders added the next phrase, men are created equal and endowed by their Creator. And then the whole Congress added the next two phrases, appealing to the supreme judge of the world, and lastly, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. These were the only major additions to Jefferson's original draft. It's apparent through these additions, the Congress wanted the world to know that their loyal trust and complete reliance was upon God. It cannot be ignored that the Declaration was expressly the product of Christian men with Christian ideals living in a profoundly knowledgeable Christian society. Even those who were not Orthodox Christians, particularly Jefferson and Franklin, still had a distinctly biblical worldview. In their own words, the signers stated again and again that our nation would not succeed apart from God. They understood that the exceptionalism of the great experiment, which they fondly called it, 
was directly rooted in the fact that the people who gave consent to be governed did so with the understanding of what it meant to live in a society governed by biblical truths. They knew that they must actively and intentionally fight to protect those truths by diligently teaching them to each generation that followed. The Bible was clearly recognized by the founders as the source of both the power and form for the Declaration and the Constitution. The power is the wisdom of ideas that colors the entire system. The structure is the tapestry that forms the system itself. For example, the founders acknowledge that absolute truth exists and is not determined by human rationale. The ideas of right and wrong, moral and immoral, or lawful and unlawful, all originate from an all-wise creator. The only reason we can continue to have a nation of laws and accountability is because we can know that absolute truth stems from the Creator who has made himself evident in his creation, for which all men are without excuse if they ignore him. That's what they meant by the phrase, these truths, to be self-evident. From that truth it naturally follows that any man-made law proven to be contrary to God's truth is actually not a law at all. It's a falsehood and ultimately the perverse diversion of the father of lies. Is it not obvious, then, that our cause as Christian Americans living in this current culture is to uphold the biblical ideas of our founding and our government? We must remind ourselves of where we've come from and the foundations upon which we stand, that the documents themselves do not grant us freedom, but they profoundly recognize that freedom is something granted from God. We've been entrusted to protect it. To that end... Let us consider what it means to live in a nation that acknowledges God given equality, unalienable rights, and liberty for all. What a vital and honorable responsibility it is to steward these foundational ideals. To be an American is something noble and good. To be an American is to be full of optimism for the future. To be an American is to be marked by determination to fight for what is right. To be an American is to be full of kindness toward those in need. To be an American is to show courage in the face of adversity. To be an American is to embrace hard work and be generous with the fruits of our labor. To be an American is to learn from our mistakes with openness and honesty. To be an American is to instill these values in the next generation. In 2011, the Liberty Council, a public interest law and policy Christian organization headed by Matt Staver, published the 2011 Declaration of Independence. It opened saying, For the past two and a half years, America has suffered under the leadership of one of the most corrupt and dangerous administrations in American history. Comparing America's revolutionary times with our own, we cannot help but conclude that we, the people, are today facing even more oppression than the colonial generation. For this reason, we've revisited what is considered to be the most important single document in American history, the Declaration of Independence of 1776, and have recast it to describe the perilous times in which we live. As God's people pursue God's purposes to be the salt and light in our darkened world, I must not understate our individual necessity to repent of every action that bows to the fear of men and their corrupt deceptions that prevent us from trusting in God and enslaving us to the poisonous deceptions and sorceries of our time. With that, see if you think there is a place for the discovery of this declaration 
in the hearts of a significant segment of our citizens. I'll complete the entire document in the bonus segment of today's show at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Listen to it and share it with your friends. Here's what it starts out saying. Every now and then, as things develop, it's necessary to consider reordering political connections between one group and another, and for good cause establish new guidelines for operations according to the laws of nature and nature's God. Good manners require the initiating party to explain the reasons for declaring the independence of thought and purpose. First, some background about what we believe and how those beliefs require us to demand changes in the established order. It's obvious that every person is created equal, including babies still preparing to enter the world. All human beings are precious, sacred, and are created by a loving God. This God endows each one of us with ironclad, inseparable civil rights, to name a few, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this world. Government exists to secure all civil rights provided by God. Government can only do its job if it first gets permission from the people. Government is therefore placed under the control of the people and exists to serve the interests of the people. The traditional moral precepts of the majority of the people, dearly held for millennia, make up the foundational moral code of a society and its government, and if a government is intent on securing the rights of the people, it will display a respect for that foundational code. When any government begins to run roughshod over the people, or when government behaves in a way that contradicts the will of the people, or when government actually destroys the civil rights of the people, then the people have an overriding right and duty to change their government and make it behave, or failing that, they have a right to abolish that abusive government and craft a replacement as they see fit. Simply put, in America, we do not suffer tyrants. Obviously, the wise and prudent will not run about recklessly demanding government to be abolished on a whim or for shallow, temporal reasons. Historically, most people would rather endure government abuse, hoping matters will change as opposed to engaging the very painful and dangerous work of revolution. However, when an abusive government refuses to change, refuses to listen to the will of the people, and indeed, when such a government insists on escalating its abuses against the people, demonstrating a clear intention of moving towards central control, even despotism, then it is not only the right of the people, but their duty to throw off such a government and appoint others devoted to serve as protectors of liberty, life, and the pursuit of happiness. For decades, and especially since 2006, the American people have suffered patiently under the near-dictatorial rule of government officials and bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., officials who have abused their authority, trampling upon the rights and liberties of the people. So grievous have these abuses become, especially in the last two years, the people have concluded the usurpations of the federal government exceed those of the King of Great Britain during the 18th century abuses and deprivations causing the issuance of the first American Declaration of Independence, thus sparking the American Revolution. The injuries inflicted upon the people of these United States by elitist politicians in Washington and by the current occupant of the White House are so numerous and so outrageous as to warrant a recounting of their history demonstrating the clear intention of this government to exert control over most aspects of American life to the destruction of our Constitution, our freedoms, and our God-given civil rights. Let the facts speak for themselves. 
At this point, the 2011 declaration lists the basic details of all the chief complaints that were well known at that time. By now, I'm sure you can think of many more extremely grievous actions that can be added to the list. I'll summarize the main points and then invite you to pray with me before we close today's episode. This president and his allies have fraudulently installed a national health care system against the will of the people on its face an illegal example of wealth redistribution, exacting the largest tax increases in history without the consent of those being taxed. He has squandered the nation's resources, creating insurmountable debt and bankrupting the country, leaving our posterity with little hope of economic recovery. He has installed so-called finance reform that effectively concentrated more unconstitutional power in the federal government, giving that government virtually unlimited bailout authority and control over financial institutions. He has mismanaged government control of roughly half of the residential mortgage industry. He has failed to adequately provide for the national defense by releasing secret documents from the Justice Department. He has enacted an administrative measure allowing American taxpayer funds to be spent overseas in the provisioning of abortions. He has created a two-tier justice system insisting the federal government can decide to try suspects in civilian or military court depending on the most likely place to achieve convictions. He has argued for more surveillance of private citizens without a warrant insisting complete government immunity from prosecution. He has ignored the Tenth Amendment at every turn. He has promoted on every front the same-sex relationship agenda again and again, against the will of the majority. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come first with hearts full of gratitude for the liberties we enjoy in America. We see the work of your hands throughout our foundations and thank you that our founders were guided by your truths from the wisdom of the Bible. As they recognized our republic cannot stand without you, would you open the eyes of our nation's people, Lord, to humbly submit to the biblical principles that began our civic society? Please silence the voice of the enemy that seeks to discredit our heritage and ruin our nation forever. Continue to expose the evil poisoning every corner of our communities, and let their influential powers be completely brought to destruction. Empower your servants to resolve and courageously manifest the biblical ideals needed for the reinvigoration of this country. Do this in order that America will once again be a city on a hill, shining brightly to spread the gospel of your kingdom to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. The complete document we began today continues in the bonus segment of today's program and at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Be sure to link to the podcasts of all our programs there and share them with your friends. While you're at our website, if the Lord leads you to partner with me to continue the mission of Reclaiming Your Legacy, please consider helping however He enables you. Your donations are needed and appreciated as we all do our parts to bring glory to Jesus by shining His light to dispel the darkness of our times. Thanks for joining me today. This is Dennis Peterson. I'm sure as you're hearing the list of the horribly unlawful actions of the highest powers and positions of authority our nation, thoughts of prosecution for treason might reasonably come to mind. Let's not forget that God is just, and His patience with evildoers always has an end. 
For the contrite and truly repentant, there's mercy, which is why Isaiah says in 26.9 that when the earth experiences God's judgments, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. But when the wicked are cut off, Psalm 37 tells us, God sees his day coming, and you will see it, and they will be destroyed, and their posterity will be cut off. That's why God's trusting children are told in Psalm 37, beginning at verse 7, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The list of grievances proposed for Liberty Council's 2011 Declaration of Independence continues that the modern American government's actions refused to defend in court settled law in the Defense of Marriage Act, arbitrarily declaring DOMA unconstitutional, an act usurping the powers and responsibilities of the Supreme Court, another violation of the Constitution and the Presidential Oath. They vowed to override the Supreme Court on the matter of free speech and campaign finance involving unions and corporations, even going so far as to use the State of the Union address to essentially intimidate and marginalize the justices. They accepted campaign contributions from foreign sources over the Internet in violation of the law, thus corrupting the American electoral process. They ignored border security and reduced funding to secure the nation's southern border. They engaged in several world tours to apologize for America bowing to foreign tyrants accommodating enemies of the United States and denigrating friends and allies, rendering foreign relations and foreign policy impotent and in disarray. They appointed any number of extra-constitutional executive czars working to effective, substantial change in society without the consent of the people, the Congress, or the courts, as in the case of appointing the same-sex activists to promote homosexuality in the public schools, going so far as to encourage normalization of aberrant behavior even in the minds of young children, all to the exclusion of parental involvement and consent. They aggravated racial tensions and promoted class warfare by pitting one group against another or demonizing one group while praising another throughout debates on numerous issues, especially those issues having to do with equal opportunity, taxation, and federal expenditures, all to the detriment of civilized debate and orderly problem-solving, all for the sole purpose of promoting narrow ideological agendas, primarily the acquisition of more power. They denied our Judeo-Christian heritage, proclaiming we are an emerging Muslim nation, working in various ways to deny Christians their civil rights. They facilitated our participation in a Libyan military incursion without the consent of Congress, without any strategic purpose, with no perceivable national security interest, contrary to the U.S. Constitution, putting our military under the authority of foreign interests and acting on behalf of the Arab League. They neglected domestic energy development, negatively impacting everything to do with national security and economic recovery. 
They infringed on First and Second Amendment rights in a systematic, subversive fashion. Time and again, the people have sought redress through free and reasonable expression over and over through letters, emails, phone calls, and petitions. The people have asked the federal government to balance the books, clear the debt, get out of the way so the people can accomplish economic revival and desist from the power grabs to centralize and concentrate power. Time and again, the people have been ignored. And when the people began protesting in the streets two years ago, which is now 14 years ago, government officials, including this president, the previous president, denigrated those good citizens, calling them racists, hate mongers, tea baggers, tools of corporations, puppets of partisans. Even when those good people voted in November 2010, sending a clear stop message to the President and Congress, those good people were either maligned or ignored. The character of a President, an administration, and a Congress is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant, and they are therefore unfit to be the rulers of a free people. The document concluded by saying, We the people, therefore, appealing to the supreme judge of the world, solemnly declare our full intention by any lawful means available to remove from office all those politicians and office holders who have been complicit in the above delineated offenses and to break the bonds between us and them. We declare by the rights afforded us by our Creator that we are duty-bound to expose and resist all unlawful decrees and policies, such as the extensive list presented above, as have been or may yet be issued by the present abusive, lawless regime in the executive branch and in the United States Senate. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. As you can see, this list doesn't begin to describe the multiplied horrific toll that has been taken by treasonous actions of the executive and congressional branches of our government since our lawfully elected president was fraudulently prevented from continuing his leadership. The globally corrupt deep state and the collusion of satanic powers is pulling the strings of big media, big tech, big pharma, and all that is more gargantuan than we can imagine in every form of international corporate enterprise. The severity of the attacks on humanity are beyond our ability to comprehend. There are planned pandemics, orchestrated food and gas shortages, weather warfare causing natural disasters to create the hoax of climate change, forced vaccinations that murder millions and potentially billions, and severely weaken the surviving ones, insane plans to end humanity and make everyone a 100% controlled cyborg, and so much more. Then there's the removal of all rights and freedoms from humanity, the installing of vaccine passports which create inhumane societies where only the constantly injected can function, the building of a world where every soul will be monitored day and night by an omnipresent surveillance system, the plans being rolled out by the psychopaths that manage to occupy the highest seats in almost every land of the world are too absurd for words. 
The president of Chile said on national television that 5G will read everybody's thoughts, but also insert thoughts and emotions, thus becoming the central nervous system of our societies. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum confirms this with a statement that one of the results of making every human a cyborg will be that we will all be elevated to one and the same consciousness. The insane professor Yuval Noah Harari is promoted by the United Nations and the World Economic Forum to voice their agenda even more by stating that the era of free will and faith in God is over, as every human can now be hacked and programmed. These are the kinds of things that are being said but never told about in the public media and the mainstream. These are statements we've all heard before, but in modern sci-fi horror movies. But now, these insane criminals are publicly declaring their official agenda for mankind. The attack being launched on humanity is beyond description. Their plan is to crush humanity under these orchestrated catastrophes so we would accept their one-world government of unprecedented control and tyranny to save us. Is there any hope for our world? My dear friend David Sorensen, author of StopWorldControl.com, explains why we all should have deep conviction that God's principles are at work and he is not expecting anyone but his enemies to be nervous about what's ahead. The insanity of the plans of the evil forces at work is so extreme that it is exposing them for who they are. Hundreds of millions have awakened in the past year, and this is just the start of what will be monumental, an eruption of truth in our world. Although these monsters own literally all the mainstream media worldwide and have a total monopoly over the information flow, they are still not able to truly brainwash the world. Imagine this. They own the thousands upon thousands of newspapers, radio stations, TV agencies, the major book publishers, and on top of that, they own most hospitals and virtually the entire worldwide health care system, which allows them to dictate policies so cruel and criminal that some doctors have killed themselves because they no longer could go along with it. Their control over the world is unimaginable. If you haven't yet seen it, the documentary Monopoly shows this in detail, with all the evidence on screen how essentially every major brand, name, corporation, industry in this world, be it food, travel, agriculture, energy, automotive, healthcare, entertainment, clothing, technology, everything is owned by the very same small group of astronomically wealthy Satanists. They own the world, so to speak. They also own virtually all governments, through bribery, blackmailing, and brainwashing, giving them full control over almost every single nation on earth. Yet, despite all this control, power and wealth, despite their all-encompassing grip on media and the flow of information, despite their massive censorship deployed worldwide, despite all that and much more, they're not able to control the world as they wish. In the midst of their greatest assault of all time, they have caused a mass awakening of proportions nobody can oversee. And again, it's just beginning. An estimated 50% of all America is by now somewhat aware that something very evil is at work. They have all seen the craziness of Fauci and his dwarfs. They're observing how the injections are murdering and crippling people all around them. They're beginning to wake up 
In other nations, the percentage of awakened people varies from 5 to 30%. What we see now is that the one who is above all works in the hearts of people despite the blinding brainwashing deployed by the news and governmental propaganda. Hundreds of millions, and soon it will be billions, are beginning to respond to a broadcast that is stronger than the 24-7 propaganda through the screens. They hear a voice that is deeper, stronger, clearer, and that removes the blindfold over their mind, and this is just the early start of something that will transform our world. Desperate, the criminals try to shut down the voices of truth speakers, but they can never shut down the voice of the Eternal One who ministers to the hearts of innumerable people worldwide. He convinces them of good and evil and encourages all of us to choose light over darkness, truth over deception, courage over betrayal, and he is causing an awakening this world has never yet seen. So despite the fact that there is massive worldwide eruption of evil, the likes of which humanity has never witnessed, there is likewise an ever greater and stronger movement of light, truth, freedom, right, justice, and hope breaking through. You're not called to sit back. Don't be a coward who shuts up out of fear for consequences. Don't betray your world, your loved ones, and all of humanity by choosing security over truth. We all must rise and speak out. We have a mission. Share the truth more than ever. Spread it in ways you never did before. Find new ways. Be creative, smart, effective. Do something. We all have a mission. No one's excluded. Those who refuse are traitors to humanity, this world, and everyone dear to them. Now is the time to show what we're made of. Speak truth in any way you can. Let the voice of freedom roar, expose evil like never before. Pray with more intent than you ever did, and be full of hope and courage, because a new day is dawning, even during the darkest night of history. When you read the horrifying reports, know that they are to expose the plans of the wicked, Never see them as doomsday declarations. Understand that they are a blazing light that is revealing a great evil so that we can resist and stop it. We need to reveal the plans of these satanic criminals. We must expose them by all means to the world. Please, take the reports and videos that are published at StopWorldControl.com and spread them in all directions, shattering the molds of mind control over people everywhere. Use them as tools for awakening, but never allow despair or fear to ever rule over you. The truth sets us free, and it can be terrifying at first, but once we understand the purpose of this truth, we can use it to deliver our beautiful world. Once works of evil, prepared in darkness, are exposed by the light, they are no longer hidden and can be dealt with by God working through his children to disciple the nations and glorify Jesus Christ expanding the reign of his kingdom throughout all the earth. Let's be this blazing light.